Kirby Hayborn. Here we are. Thank you for coming to mm-hmm. my studio on this rainy Wednesday afternoon. So I've known about you for, gosh, 20 plus years. You've been this icon in our culture of like in the Latter-day Saint culture of movies. There hasn't been many pop culture movies right. and you were a star of those when they first came out. The first one was Singles Ward, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I remember this, I was on my mission in Pittsburgh and I got the soundtrack and it was like, it was like a little rowdy. Probably. A little rowdy. I like that's a yeah. good way to describe it. A little rowdy, a little but rowdy. I'm like, yeah, I'm told, I played in bands. I played in metal bands in yeah. high school. So I'm like, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir isn't cutting it for me. Yeah. So we en- we enjoyed that album, and I think we listened to it so much, and then came home and saw the movies. And when I came home, Kirby Hayborn was like the guy. And how many movies did you do in that in the two thousands? Was that is that when the, your career blew up? Yeah, uh, two thousand one. We start. We filmed uh, Singles Ward, and then two thousand two, we filmed the RM, and then two thousand three, I filmed. Saints and Soldiers. Oh, yeah. The Best Two Years, Sons of Provo. And then I moved to Los Angeles and started taking that next step in my career. Okay. Yeah. So th- you did five movies so, so really fast, right? Like you're like within year after three year. years. When you look back, are you proud of those films? Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. I've grown as an actor. I look at my performance and it's, I, I think, oh, I, I could have done better and stuff that I know now. But for what I knew, gosh, it, it was so great. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. I could tell you were having fun because yeah. they were all, not they weren't all comedies, but like a couple of them were comedies. Yeah. And could tell you were having a lot of fun. Okay. So um, then you moved to California and you said you got, we were talking earlier. Yeah. You got married when you were 21. So you yeah. were married during all these filming. I was married and I was, had a career as a, I was a banker and then insurance, selling life insurance. And I had a side gig that I really thought my real career was going to be a musician. I was going to be a singer songwriter. I was composing music and I had a band. And so I thought that was going to be the thing that was going to catapult me. And because I, I think everybody, we are at our closest to God when we're creating. Mm-hmm. And so for me, music is the most special way. You're a musician, so you know when you're composing something, even if it's for a stupid commercial Mm -hmm. or or something you don't really believe in, you feel closer to God, I think, when you're, when, with music. I don't know what it is. I feel like the the universe was created with music. I think God had somebody... It's at a drum kit or something, <laughs> and he's yeah, let's throw it down because you can tell yeah. where he had some fun. There was some good music on, like when he was creating the Tetons. Oh yeah, it's yeah, let's jam out to this and <laughs> spend some time. And then some sad parts, like Lower Wyoming, <laughs> where I, I'm from, Evanston, Wyoming. So this I can area. say that it is the armpit of Wyoming. Uh-huh. I think God was a little distracted, and what's he's going through his eight track? Like, how do we? get a better song on when he was doing. Dude, that is fascinating. Are you a fan of the Lord of the Rings? Absolutely. Okay. So have you read the Cimmerillion? No. It's the prequel. It's like the, how Middle Earth was created, the history of of those cosmos. And it's interesting because a lot of it's song, it's frequency and vibration. A lot of it was song. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And I think too, as a musician, do you find this, that there's no more vulnerable place to be than when you create a song and you share it. Yeah. It doesn't turn vulnerable until you share it. But that's what music was meant to be, is shared. Yeah. And I think that's what God wants. He, he wants us to create and then share that creation. But there's nothing more vulnerable 
So like with the show that I'm on, Making Good on BYU TV, when we were coming up with the concept of it, my good friend, Greg Kiefer, he came up with the idea and then he pitched it to me and I said, I'd like to add some things to it. And one of the things I want to add, because I'm a musician, I would like to write a song every episode, which is the most vulnerable thing. And every time I write that song, I involve God in it. And it took me a while to realize that's the only way these organizations that we work with, they're nonprofits that are making a difference in the Mm. world. And I will leave them, the production leaves them and they have to wake up the next day and make a meal for somebody or help some special needs children. And I get to go on to the next Mm. thing. They have to do that every day. And so I thought as a gift to them, I can give them a piece of me that I sit with them and I observe and I listen and I write down notes. And it's, I feel like that's a connecting thing to, from me to the organization and to the people that I meet. It was a good idea when we yeah. were coming up with it, but it's so stressful. That's, that's the thing. It's how, the how are thing. you writing? Like how much time are you giving yourself? Because you're meeting these people yeah. and you're obviously tailoring the song to this situation. Right. So how many hours are going how much time are you it's giving about yourself? Ten hours. Ten hours. So I'm there for three days. Okay. And so the first day, I interview people. I talk can, with them. Can you back up and tell tell, yeah. me, tell tell us the premise of the show? I go around the country and and now the world and find people making a difference, making a difference in the world and how they're in a unique way. Uh, and then I join up with them, and then we laugh together. And then by the end, we cry. Can you tell me one of your favorite episodes? And then I, we'll go back to the music. Like yeah. Yeah. There's so many. One that comes to mind is uh, I did one with uh, cowboys. They're men and women who are first responders or in the military who've had thoughts of taking their life Mm -hmm. after suffering from PTSD, coming home, the things that they've seen. And it's a real thing. Yeah. That, and so I got to go, this organization in San Diego trains them how to be cowboys. And so for eight months, they learn how to handle a horse and there's the therapy that happens with the horse and you have to give up so much to connect with the horse. And then it culminates with a cattle drive in Northern Wyoming, up in Shell, Wyoming, population two. And this man who happens to be, a, he was a former sergeant in the military and he was deployed to Afghanistan. He saw a lot of stuff. He had PTSD himself. He gives his ranch and his expertise on horses and cattle and guides these men and women on honest. It was one of the most spiritual experiences of my life, connecting that way. So there's these first responders or past ex-military suffer from PTSD. Yeah, they go to and, a, and to the point of they they want to take their lives. Okay, so it's extreme. It's, it's extreme, yeah. and so they find this program, or the program finds them, where they go and train to be cowboys. And then how do you get integrated into this? You go and meet them. Yeah. Okay. So in this episode, we met up with them up in Wyoming on the, on the cattle drive. Okay. So I got a half a day training on how to be on a horse and stuff. So that's where the comedy comes from. Got it. That's one thing I love about Greg. He said, we need to get people to ingest more broccoli, meaning meaningful entertainment yeah. rather than just the stuff Quick that cuts. goes over. Okay. Yeah. And so by having me, I, I'm a comedian, I, I like to make people laugh. By having me suffer and struggle in the beginning and see me try to be a cowboy, people laugh. And then mm-hmm. so they're more open to receiving the, the broccoli, mm-hmm. the actual stuff about 
suffering from PTSD, the struggles that men and women go through, the connection that you need with God, all of that, people are more open. When yeah. you, It's easier, I think, to get someone to laugh than it is to get them to feel connected. But laughing gets them connected. Why is that? I feel like any emotion you feel comes from the spirit. Emotion, connectedness, love, happiness, sadness, all of that, it's like the force in Star Wars. Dude, you're taking this to a really deep level. I talk to a lot of men and God is sometimes this man that we're, we try to approach, but you're bringing it like like it's a web, like it's here It is physically. I love this. It, it, it definitely resonates with me. And when I'm close to Christ and God, I can visualize this almost. Yeah. So you're saying these the emotion of laughter or sadness when we're connecting, you're saying that's the spirit. That's, that's the spirit. That's like God's creation. It's the web of connection that, that we're experiencing. That's what we're okay. experiencing. Wow. Yeah. I love this. And so by doing that, getting them to smile and laugh and feel comfortable, then the, the viewer, then I'm their access point to really see what this organization is about. And so with these cowboys, I it was an amazing experience. It was a long cattle drive and I'd never done that before. And I felt like, what a handsome stud up on this horse. <laughs> Dude, I saw but, some uh, social media. You look yeah. awesome. And I look great. Yeah, you look it's great. So awesome. I'm from Wyoming. Yeah. So like I'm going back to my roots. And it, I, I just felt so great and so close to the spirit and yeah. close to these people. I was there with a, a man named Kyle. And then the guy that runs the whole thing, his name is Tom, who runs the ranch. And it was amazing and an amazing experience. And it, it got to a point where the camera crew couldn't follow anymore because we're up in these hills and it's rocky and it doesn't show in the episode, but I get bucked off the horse because I start panicking and it was super painful and I was terrified. And Kyle, the first responder, he was a, a police officer who was suffering with some trauma himself, came over, came up and helped me. He said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, it's all right. And luckily the cameras weren't on, but I was hurt and stuff. And now I'm sh shaken up and you can't get on a horse when you're distressed like that. Mm -hmm. The horses just take that energy and you connect so much when you're on a horse, but we got to get down this hill. We're miles and miles away from anybody. So we're going down and then the drone comes. So the guys went back to base and got a drone to come over and I'm still feeling edgy and like really nervous. And so the horse can feel that. And so she starts rearing up again. And Kyle had told me that in order to get a horse to stop from getting in that mindset, you got to pull hard on the reins to get it to go in a circle, mm. which goes al along with anything that he, any creation, when you get in that mindset of depression or sadness or woe is me, you got to get something to pull you out of it. Stop mm. thinking about it. That's what I did. Because I yelled down to him, Kyle, she's doing it again. And the camera captures the horse. What? And I'm on this edge of this big, huge, rocky hill. And I think I'm going to break open my head. And the horse is going like this. And then I finally get her to turn around. She calms down. And then Tom, this wise sergeant from the 90s who's now running this, he comes up to me. He finally gallops up and sees what's going on and he says kirby get off that horse and he's a man of like he has 10 words that he can say a day is it and the fact that he spent 10 of them on me uh -huh. i'm already emotional and with the show my job is to say are you okay are you all right and then elicit the emotion that way and it's never been turned around on me 
So Kyle goes off, takes the rest of the cattle and Tom stands with me. We're in this grove of trees, just the two of us and the two horses. And he says, Kirby, are you all right? And I said, yeah, Tom, I'm great. I'm, I'm a little hurt. And he then grabs me by the shoulders and he goes, no, Kirby, are you all right? And he looks at me with his sergeant eyes and I just break down. I start crying. I go, no, Tom, I'm not all right. Wow. I'm scared. I'm hurt. I don't know how I'm going to get down off this mountain. I can't get back up on this horse. And one of the most beautiful spiritual spiritual moments of my life he grabs my hand and he has, he's cowboy hands, yeah. just tough, calloused hands. He grabs both of my hands and he says, are you praying man, Kirby? And I said, yeah, Tom, I am just sobbing. And then he says the most, since he takes off his hat, holds both my hands and he says, dear God, this boy is scared. You got to be here with him. And that was it. And I felt that presence of God right then with this man who had wanted to take his life from the suffering that he had seen from the things that he had to do as a soldier. And here he is calling on God to bless this stupid guy that's trying to be funny. And, and it was so beautiful. And then as we're, he got me back up on the horse and we're walking a few more miles together on the horses. And he kept on checking in with me. I felt like one of his soldiers and he kept on saying, I feel God right now. I know you do too. He's got us. You're safe. Let's keep going. And he just kept reminding me. And that's what it was. I felt that love from him, which was the spirit, which was the presence of God. And there's that safety. And so we made it back to the end of the cattle drive and uh, the director, mm -hmm. Jack oh, Mergist, yeah. he looked up at me. We've got a great shorthand now. Like he's such a great, amazing man mm -hmm. of God too that he looked up at me and he saw how traumatized I was. Mm. And because we needed to get a couple more shots. And he said, hey, Kirby, do you think you got all right? Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to, because all I had to do is just go a little oh, bit and he could see. But that trauma and i think that's how life is you have to go through that hard to know that god is there and that he loves you you have to feel bucked off and alone mm -hmm. in order to realize i had the presence of god with me all this time but you take it for granted mm -hmm. and then it's when you feel alone like that that some tough cowboy mm -hmm. comes up who you wouldn't even think was a praying man mm -hmm. And I just love the way he said it. Are you praying man, Kirby? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was beautiful. Dude, that is so beautiful. I have a lot of questions about this. But my first inclination to ask is, be, being that we felt the spirit with that story and seeing the vulnerability of both you and Tom and uh, opening up to God in that moment, how would you, from that experience alone, explain to someone who's never experience God? Like, how would you explain the difference of positive thought or we can do this, we're tough men, as opposed to the vulnerability and openness you guys received from divine help? How would you explain that to someone? It's real, but it's so hard to get there. If you were just to say to somebody, that's great that you have these positive thoughts, you can get through it. It's hard and vulnerable to rely on God, to give that up. God blessed us with agency, mm -hmm. 
and I forget who said this, but it's in giving up our agency back to God that we actually have more agency. Okay, whoa. Okay. Say that again. In giving up your agency to God, in by saying, I will do thy will, we're giving up the one thing that we have. Mm-hmm. We give it to God. That actually gives us more freedom and makes us more godlike. Mm. Wow. Okay. That's pretty powerful. It's I guess, amazing. I, I guess that's I guess that's But that's so vulnerable. The one thing that you have is your agency. To give that up to God, and that's what Jesus taught. Yeah. He said, Not my will, but thy will be done. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of prayers for the Catholic Church. It's oh Lord, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. For a lot of other Christian faiths, it's you say thy will be done. We mm-hmm. say it, but when we really do it, that's when vulnerability happens and that's when you connect. That's when I connected with Tom mm-hmm. is by giving up giving up that wall, that protective barrier. Because you, you were you were walled up when he first Oh yeah. I was walled up. Because I didn't want to disappoint him too. That was my main thing. Yeah. I didn't want him to be disappointed in me. And so yeah, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I think that's what we do as men. We don't want, especially other men, especially men that are in a a, a position of not power, but authority. Mm -hmm. We don't want to let them down. Yeah. So to to answer the question, it's a hard thing. It is a hard thing. That's why I asked it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. You have to get to that vulnerable place. And Tom, when I showed up, he heard there's this reality TV show coming in and he's he doesn't want that. He wants to be connected to God and he wants to be on his ranch with his horses. That's, which don't we all? Yeah. That's the ideal life. Nice, yeah. It's an awesome life. And then to have this TV crew and this snot-nosed guy coming in, <laughs> trying to be funny. And I've been on horses. I grew up with horses, but I had to be funny and put the saddle on backwards. But I'm just improvising all of this. He doesn't know. Yeah. And so he's yeah, I got you need to put that up. And so I fall over with the saddle and... <laughs> He's like <laughs> thinking, and I find this out later, he's thinking to himself, this is the worst idea. I can't uh-huh. believe I let a camera crew come up here. Mm-hmm. But, and he, st- even though he had connected with God, he still had those walls up. But he did eventually, we talked about the struggles that he went through. And he got to a point where he thought, and this is such a sad state to be in, but I think so many people get to this, that the world would be a better place without him. Yeah. And that's never the case. And that the fact that he was felt safe enough and vulnerable enough by day two to say that he was still had his guard up because that's just his personality. And Mm -hmm. I love him for that. But by day three, that's when I present the song as a gift. So did you write the song after this experience? Yeah. Did this, I assume this greatly influenced? Absolutely. Okay. So I went, I went to my hotel room and it was like a, about an hour long and I wrote it. And in the show, it's the final thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I say what I learned in the episode and what everybody's meant to me. And it's not really about riding the horses. It's about the connections. It's you're, whether you're giving quilts to refugees, it's not really about the quilts. And that's mm-hmm. the truth with all of this. It's this connection and this connection to humans and connections to God Mm -hmm. that really what life that's what matters in life the most I sing the song and I think it's one of the best songs I've ever written and it's kind of country because Mm -hmm. it needs to be cowboy sure and the gist of it is 
riding horses and the line is you don't have to ride alone. Mm. And I think that's what men, what human beings feel is that I got it. This is my cross to bear. This is my burden alone. And you don't have to ride alone. You, you don't should, have to be so strong. You shouldn't. You shouldn't ride alone. Yeah. And when I was done with that, all of the, so Kyle and Tom, and then the people that started the organization who also the husband who started the organization, he's a military vet, suffered from PTSD. The wife wanted to start it for him. Mm. So there are four people that should be tough and walls. And hearing that connection, I think, through that creative power of mm. God, through music, how all things were created is my Bible. That's I'm, what it I, says in my I'm Bible. They're, they just broke down because they felt the spirit. They knew that God loved them. And they realized, I don't have to write alone. And every song that I write, it has to appease the, it has to appeal, sorry, to the organization, mm -hmm. but also it has to be universal. And the way that I find that works the best is I've got to make it about God. Mm -hmm. And Are you on the nose about it? or you No. Just, okay. Yeah. So like in this one, the, the line is, you don't have to write alone. I'll be there beside you. That I took the point of view of Jesus. Sure. And people can interpret that mm -hmm. or not. It could be, yeah, I've got a buddy that's going to be with me. But every song, I, I have Jesus in it. And I think that's what connects. It's always such an emotional experience for me, for the crew, for the organization, for the people that are receiving the benefits from the organization. They always say, how did you capture everything that we're about and so specific to us? When if anybody else were to listen to it, they would say, oh, that's a Jesus song or, mm -hmm. oh, that's a song about best friends or that's really what it is. And I feel like every time I stress and I feel like I got to do it all alone and I write out the lyrics, I write down words, I write down key phrases that people have said and then I'll work with the melody and then I'll trash all that and then I'll go through it and transfer stuff, that, some lines that really spoke to me onto the next sheet of paper and then I get to that point where I say, okay, I'm on the right track. And we've done 52 episodes and 52 times I've gotten down on my knees and wow. said, God, this, these are your children. Yeah. And they need to know that you love them and you're aware of them. This is the route that I'm taking. Tell me if this is right or if this is wrong, because I've only got another, before sunrise, I've got six hours. Mm -hmm. So... You got to help me with the melody and you got to help me with these lyrics. But this is what I'm presenting to you. You make it more. It's the widow's mite. Mm -hmm. There's a story where the, the disciples see this woman put in two mites. And Jesus said she put in more than the guy. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because she gave all she could and then God made it more. Yeah. And that's what I believe with my music. In fact, in my guitar, I had a special guitar made. A luthier. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's an amazing man, Robert Rask. Wow. He built this beautiful guitar, so many symbolic things in the wood that we chose and everything. But on the fret itself, usually there's a 12 marker for the mm -hmm. 12th fret yeah. and then seven and yeah. five. We just have the 12th fret marker marked, and it's 2,000 year old widow's mite that we got wow. from a coin shop that is in there. So that's my offering. I'm not the best singer. I'm not the best songwriter, but I do believe 100% that when I involve God and use those creative powers to bless his children, 
then with that guitar, I'm able to make it more than what it is. Dude, that's so symbolically beautiful. It it is. And it's so amazing. You, you, we don't. You don't need to be the best singer or songwriter, no. dude. It's, it's the offering. It is. It, it's it, the it offering. Is offering. You can hear a child with a out of tune bear their soul through a song, yeah. and that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And you think that I would have learned that? I've done this 52 <laughs> times. We were just up in Idaho last week mm-hmm. filming another episode, and I needed to. We're camping on the beach, so I was already stressed going into it. How am I going to have alone time in the hotel? I'm going to be with the organization and these cancer survivors was mm-hmm. this organization taking them down the river, the Salmon River in Idaho, the cancer survivors and their spouses or their significant mm-hmm. others. Such a beautiful spiritual experience too. But I, I had even a more truncated amount of time. We came off the river and production drove me to the outfitter, the company that they hired, the mm-hmm. rafting company. So I'm in there sitting down on the floor. I've wow. got maybe 20 minutes to write this song. I've been working on it and stuff. And like I had it in my hammock at night, I would sing into my phone and here's an idea. And I would sing that and I thought, okay, great, I got it. Then I wrote it all out. I'm at the outfitters and then this busload of 50 women come off. They all have to pee uh, because they've been on the river for eight hours. And so I'm like, oh, and then production's coming back to pick me up. And I'm really down to minutes that I have to write this. And my process is I write it out. I take a picture of it and then I quickly film myself. I show the camera my phone, mm-hmm. the cord, if I'm capoing it or not, so I can so remember, remember it. Yeah, because sure. yeah. yeah, that's it. Because I'm the next time I do the song, it's going to be performing it and recorded so, and, yeah. and recorded <laughs> yeah. for cameras for millions of people to watch. Yeah, yeah, which again was such a bad idea to pitch. <laughs> yeah. So stressful. You really cornered yourself. So I did all that. It's all done. These women come in. I record it, and I go, "Okay, great, all right, awesome." And then I think I didn't offer it to God. I did not involve God at all in this, but it's a great song. It's a good song. It's a good song. I got to go. They're coming. And then so I thought I can't do that. So I reluctantly knelt down in the back room of this outrigger rafting place. And I said, God, here it is. Don't make me change it. Thank you. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was about ready to get up off of my knees and I felt so strongly, he said, Kirby, you know better than that. You got to change it. And I said, I can't change it. But it, what, it was so funny how I went from, God, this is it. I'm not going to change it. Amen. I did my prayer. There's a stamp. We got it. I involved you. It's done. And I thought, what am I going to do? They're coming. It's going to be five minutes before they come pick me up. Yeah. I got to figure out the music. I got to figure out the lyrics. And the feeling, the whispering that I got was, it's too complicated. Take out half of the words. Mm. You're trying to say too much. And by doing that, you're not saying anything at all. Yeah. So then I just pulled out my pen and angrily started crossing out words. And like, almost like you do this to, it's like, and I told you, but here I am doing that with God. No, see this whole phrase, I got to change this whole phrase now. If I cross out this one word, rhythmically, it doesn't work. Melodically, it doesn't work. And then I looked at it and the spirit told me, you've got two songs here. Just choose one of them. Mm. And then I did that. And then all of a sudden it filled out. The spirit came so strong. And then I've never had a reaction to a song the way this one was. These are hardened river guides who had nothing to do. There's the organization that hires these river guides. 
the cancer people, they were crying because they were connecting to that spirit of the song and they knew what I was talking about. And But here are these river guides who spend usually every night partying. Yeah. They were crying too. And I know it's because I involved God. And I just think that's so funny that it went from here we go, God. There's this Thank you so much. This is it. Don't make me change it. That I was bold enough to say yeah. that and dumb enough too to say, don't make me change it because they're coming. Yeah. Okay. So please be happy with it. It's amazing. That's There's so many lessons in there. What I'm taking away from this is, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to answer it already. Is I was going to ask you, how are you so in tune in being able to receive these I need to cross out these lines. This is very, very minuscule. And some people might think this is not important, a line in a song. But you are so in tune that you knew what to cut out to give this offering that God was a part of. How do you get to the point in your life where seemingly mm. unimportant things are known? How are you confident? You fail a lot. Okay. Talk to me about that. <clears throat> I've written some horrible songs. And I've performed songs that I thought were great and I've failed at it. And I, I'm not even talking about music. I'm talking about Kirby Hayborn. And you, okay. I'm getting to that. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think sorry. It's, it's the same thing okay. that the more you fail and get picked up by God, it's experience. Um, a parallel to the music. I, I've spent, I started writing music when I was 15. Okay. And horrible, dumb pop songs about girls. And then here I am, 46, 47. So this is 30 years that I've been doing this. You learn how to do it. You learn how to fail. You work at it and you exercise that muscle. I think it's the same thing with life. You get good at being able to communicate with people, listen to people, be in tune with the spirit because you do it every day. And I think if I were to not write if I were to take a, a vacation from writing music, I would lose that muscle. It's just exercise. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, I think, connectivity with the spirit. If you spend, maybe you can go a day without doing some push-ups and you'll be okay, or even a week. But you start to see a difference after a week in your ability to endure, your endurance. It's the same thing with the spirit. If you spend a week away from God... And sometimes you can't have scriptures there with you. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I can't read that. I can't be in the word of God. But you can always be thankful and acknowledge God in a tree or in a friendship or in a feeling you have. And I've learned how to notice that. And I either that's, vocalize it. That's cool. Or I internally vocalize it and say, I feel this God and I'm thankful for it. So that's me exercising with God every day, finding a way to exercise with God. I've said, have you broken a sweat, a spiritual sweat today? Mm. Oh, what a, what a cool you parallel know? to, to think about. Yeah. Right. That's really a cool. You're yeah. so nice. Wow. No, I, I really like it. Cause I work out in the morning. I sweat every day, but, and then I come home and usually read and right. uh, yeah. And sometimes 
I'm so tired that my reading is not breaking a sweat. It's just reading right. for reading, but man, breaking a spiritual sweat. That is such a cool visual. I'm going to take that. Yeah. That's what I'm going to take that today. Good. That's, good. that's going to be implemented in my life. And I think that's so important. And I think there you get good at something. So I've been blessed by including God in my songwriting. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of on the nose Jesus songs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those make me uncomfortable with <laughs> their kind of love songs with yeah. Jesus. And I, I don't know. I'm just uh, teach kind of mixed, own, yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that speaks to some people. And I love that it does. Yeah. But for me, I'm never going to be on the nose about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, you have to realize, oh, he's a Christian and he, it, this song is about Jesus. Um, I, I, I'm just, that's the type of music that I like to listen yeah. to. But it's taken years and years to get to the point of including God in that. There's a, and I don't know if it's true or not, but a story that Picasso, a woman met Picasso on the road and said, oh, hey, you're Picasso. Will you draw me a quick sketch? Just a quick sketch. Have you heard this? I haven't, no, but yeah. I'm fascinated. Um, so whether it's true or not, it's okay. the story, is it? And so he drew 30 seconds, a quick sketch, and he gave it to her. And she says, oh, this is wonderful. How much is this? And he said, $30,000. And she said, it took you 30 seconds. And he goes, no, it's taken me a lifetime. And mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Especially like with artists setting, like how much do I, am I worth? It right. isn't, yes, it took me an hour to write that song, mm-hmm. but it's taken me 30 years to get to the point to be able to write a song where I understand how much I need to include of God and how to incorporate the organization. Yes. Um, but I like that. I, no, I, I love that. that. The visual is fantastic. Now I would love for you to break it down to someone who today feels distant from God. What is something, so we understand there's a long road ahead and it takes practice and discipline yeah. and spiritual sweating. I love that. Yeah. What is something today? What is something that can part the clouds for someone who feels darkness, who feels they have some things to clean up and they're just in a holding pattern? Because a lot of us are in holding patterns. We get comfortable and yeah. we're not pushing ourselves and we're sitting there. For sure. What's, what is something that you would recommend to someone who's suffering like that? You've got to take moments of quiet. And in those moments of quiet, even if it's a minute, you have to just be thankful I started a long time ago. If I see a tree that I love, I touch it. Like if I'm on a hike or something and I see a tree and I say, I appreciate that tree. That connects me to God. And maybe I'm stupid and that's a dumb thing that I'm personifying this tree. But um, on every hike, every walk, anytime I'm outside, I find something that I'm grateful. Thank you for sharing that your beauty with me. Mm-hmm. And that immediately connects me to God. I feel like God is waiting for us to acknowledge him. Mm. Like he's like your kid in the morning waiting for you to wake up. <laughs> That's sometimes how I picture him. Put down your phone. Put yeah, down yeah, your phone. Exactly. Look at me. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. I'm right here. Just look at me. And the minute you give even a minute amount of attention to God, he pours out his blessings upon you. That's what it says in Malachi. He says, prove me now herewith. And I love that. God's saying, test me. Yeah. See if I'm really going to give you these blessings. And sometimes we mistake blessings as monetary. Oh, I'm going to get all this money now. What it is, God opens your eyes Mm -hmm. to see the tree that you can be thankful for, to feel that you're loved and that he thinks about you. That's so fascinating because I have in my time prayed, yeah, I'd love to be rich or whatever. And those those prayers. But I've noticed as I become more spiritual this last year, 
that I'm so much more content and my prayers are not like I had an earlier conversation with a childhood friend and he talked about treating God like a vending machine and how we do that. And I want this on. And in the mature, the more mature prayer, as you practice gratitude and as you see the beauty and the blessings that are already around us, they are surrounding us. They're, we're so blessed. Um, my prayers have been more like, and this is really special to me. My prayers have been like, help me to just accept all that, that you might teach me today. Help me to just be cool with this. Help me to see my kids how you see my kids. And it's not, it's just so different from my past prayers. And it's just help me to accept your will and to soften my heart. And that, that and how has, do you feel when you come up from your knees? I place? just feel so much better. I'm content. I legit, like, I always wanted like a bigger house or I always, I'm like, I have so much. I yeah. have too much. Yeah. My eyes, I feel like just scales have fallen off my eyes where I just see everything's already beautiful. Isn't that amazing? It's already pretty. So it's already beautiful. that is God's word coming to life in your life. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll pour out blessings upon you. He didn't give you more money, but he opened up, not, pulled yeah. the scales off your eyes so that you actually do have more now. Yeah. yeah, It's amazing. It's our capacity. It's those blinders that he takes off mm-hmm. when you express gratitude that, that it does. Those blessings come when you've already had them. We're Dorothy. We've always been able to go home, mm-hmm. just click our heels. Yeah. But we have to go on this journey in order to realize we can get back home. Yeah, we have to, yeah. The trials have to come. And I was reading in Romans today, and it's Paul is saying, we embrace trials because trials build endurance. Yes. And endurance builds, builds character. And yes. character builds hope. And we have hope because we have God and he has given us his spirit. And I'm like, yeah, that is it. We don't need to run from the trials. The character that the the person that we're being shaped into, our divine potential, yes. is so much more important than than all the things that we think we want. Our old selves. Which oh. th- doesn't that make you look at your wife differently too? Yeah. Okay. Yes. What, what's your thought? Follow that. In, in that, she's your companion throughout this life. Yeah. And in the life to come. Yeah. You treat something that you want to last forever differently. That's okay. Yes. Absolutely. And so. By being grateful and content, then you look at your wife and you're more appreciative. Yeah. For the fact that she's with this wacko. Yeah. There's that. (laughs) I don't deserve her. Exactly. But also you do deserve her too. Isn't that an amazing thing that you come around to? You're like, wow, she's so amazing. And I'm so blessed to have her. My wife and I just had a conversation that we download with each other. And when you're open and vulnerable with your spouse, man, that connection what a crazy thing. Sorry to go off tangentially, no, but it. what a crazy thing that marriage, two strangers meet and say, yeah, you're okay. Let's spend forever <laughs> together. Let's I barely it. know you, <laughs> which I think is God's way. He wants you to create a family. He wants you to create. That's how we are like him. He gives you the hardest thing to do, a complete stranger that you then need to be vulnerable with, counsel with, learn mm. from, teach, be a disciple with, all of those things with this stranger, that's, that's like the best way. That's like bench pressing. I can almost do 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a good 50 for me. Um, but what a way, what a, not a test, but what a way to develop the gratitude, patience, genuine love, charity. All mm. of that comes from your spouse. That is incredible. Wow. 
What a perspective. It just, it's just like testimony that God's ways are not our ways. We don't right, see right. the big picture. And then, right. yeah, it's just like the line upon line. You just get a little deeper and closer to the spirit. Oh my gosh, this whole thing was here the whole time and it's been blessing me. And yeah, so that, that is an amazing perspective. Thank yeah, you for that one. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I'm so lucky though. My wife, special lady. Yeah. I and the more it. that you see them as that, the happier. It's just like you said, you pray, let me be content. And then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I have way too much. Mm -hmm. When you pray about your wife that way, you, again, the scales come off and it's, I've got way too much. This mm -hmm. is, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. How can I cherish this and treat it and rub those feet? Yeah. Lower back in our case. Low, is it? Lower back. Yeah. <laughs> we got another story, another podcast time, but I accidentally got some oil on my hand that's from poison oak. It's called, no. it's, the oil in it is urushi. Okay. Urushiol is the oil. I was working with something trying to, so stupid. I'm. <laughs> have you heard of Kintsugi? No. I said I wasn't going to tell a story. I'll no, tell a really it, truncated yeah, version. Kintsugi is Japanese art where you celebrate the brokenness. Okay. I'm sure you've seen it. Okay. it. They take porcelain and thousand year old dishes and they break them. Yes. And then they put them together and put gold in there. Yes. Okay. And I wanted to be able to teach the atonement of Jesus Christ. Okay. That when you let Christ in, those piece, those there's beauty in our brokenness. Mm -hmm. So I ordered from Japan, an actual kintsugi kit. Wow, and okay. so I bought these dishes and I broke them and they're beautiful and I'm putting them together. Long story short, you're supposed to use gloves and I did for a while. And then the the traditional way is to use this sap from this urushi tree, mm -hmm. which sap is, it's an adhesive and you do layer, let it sit for five days, do another layer, let it sit. Wow. So it's like a six month process. Dang. So I'm thinking I'm going to gift this treasure about my testimony of Jesus Christ to someone. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about this person, praying about this person with each stroke. And it's a spiritual experience for me. And little did I know I was getting this, the same, it, the Urushiol oil is what's in poison sumac, poison oak, and poison ivy. And I'm getting it all over my fingers. Oh man! And mysteriously, my wife starts showing signs of contact dermatitis, which is like poison ivy, oh my but we don't have poison ivy at all. Yeah. She's getting it on her feet. And then that's what made me think of it on her lower back. She had the way our bed is, the way we sleep, <laughs> she sleeps uh, on the right side. And yeah. so I'm massaging with my left hand. And so I can't get yeah. this, but it's a lazy massage. We're both about ready to fall yeah. asleep. So with my Urushiol oiled up hands, I'm massaging the greatest husband in the world, massaging <laughs> Poison ivy into my wife's back. Uh, Five weeks of pain, unbelievable pain because of this poison ivy that I rubbed on her how'd back. You, how'd you figure this out? It was like, have you seen House? It's a TV show. Oh, where, yeah, Doctor yeah. Yeah, Doctor House. Yeah. It was one of those. It's, it's the Arushi. Oh, that's gosh. more of a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. <laughs> the Arushi. What's the deal with Arushi? Yeah, it's the Kintsugi. So you watched House and they... They, they, Although they didn't. It's just okay. like an episode of House. It's like the ding. Okay. And I was so stupid. I said, because my wife said, could it be that yes. glue that you're working with? And I said, no. <laughs> no, it's not. Then she was teasing me, joking about it. And I made the stupid mistake of saying, I, I wish that you wouldn't. This is after a couple of weeks of mm. her pain. Yeah. Like she couldn't wear shoes. Her feet were swollen up, gone to the dermatologist. And he said, oh, poison ivy. And then she said, no, I haven't been exposed. And he goes, I don't know what this is then. Yeah. Uh, let's give you some steroids. And anyway, I stupidly said, this is really important to me. 
which she interpreted as me saying, this broken dish is more important to me than you. Yeah. That even if it isn't the case, if there's any suspicion, I should throw that out. And I should have. And it wasn't until I started getting it on my body you're like, uh, that I'm like, oh my gosh, I think your rash is contagious. <laughs> <laughs> you blame her. <laughs> and our daughter, we only have one daughter at home. She's yeah, 15 and yeah. she was getting scared. She said, I think I need to go stay at a friend's house. Because for weeks then, mm. like I'm showing up, I had it on my face in places you don't Weird, want it. Yeah. It hurt so bad. Then I went in and I said, oh my gosh, this is the Arushi. And the doctor said, yeah, that's the oil. Oh my gosh. Poison <laughs> ivy isn't what gets you. It's the Arushiol oil that gets you. So anyway. So I assume she's forgiven you. We don't talk about Kintsugi in my house. Okay. No. <laughs> but this is the worst part is that I, I was running out of the Kintsugi or the uh, uh -huh. oil, the glue. Yeah. And then you have to order it from Japan. Before she started showing signs, I ordered yeah. some more. And it's a month out to ship. So we're going through all this. And then she realizes it's that. And on the doorstep is a package from Japan. And she goes, and we, I feel like we had just almost been able to laugh about it. Almost. And she goes, what's this? I thought you got rid of it. And it's, oh, I forgot. <laughs> it oh. wasn't a two-day Amazon thing. It's a month out. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's a great I guess story. that could be a lesson in when you're sinning. Yeah. You don't realize that you're getting the sin on your hands and you affect other people. Uh, yeah. There's the lesson. There's the lesson. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad you shared it. That was a really good story. <laughs> so dumb. That was a really good story. I think we've ran the gamut, man. I, I think, I, man, I went I, all over the I place. I think we've man, done I'm it. Sorry. And I, I, there's so many beautiful takeaways that I've gotten. And it's an honor to meet you. And oh, thank you. you too, man. Thank you for coming in. Thank it, you for what you're doing. I think it's so important that, that people, especially men, it's cool to love God. It's cool to be vulnerable with him. It's cool to love your wife. Mm -hmm. and to love your kids. And I think the connections that we can make with each yeah. other, especially, you don't have to ride alone. You shouldn't. Right. Yeah, we shouldn't. I, we're not meant to be alone. I think that's, I think that's, that's not serving anyone. In right. fact, that's where the bad stuff happens is in isolation. So it is. yeah, that's the so whole thank that's you whole for point. doing this, man. Well, I appreciate that. That's the whole point is for men to, to feel less alone in their struggles and to showcase good people living their lives with the divine. So mission accomplished today. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, brother. I hope you enjoyed this episode. More importantly, I hope you feel closer to your creator and want to solidify your relationship with him. If you can think of someone who needs to hear this episode, send it their way. Don't hesitate. Also, leaving a review is huge for me in this podcast. So please leave one. If you find yourself wanting to strengthen your relationship with God or increase your spirituality, I'm a huge fan of the Skylight app. It's full of beautiful, high-quality daily spiritual practices that will immediately lift you up to a higher consciousness. If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future episode, hit me up at themenwholovegod at gmail or on Instagram at menwholovegod. Finally, never forget, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him.